Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The amount of bollards and signs littering the city centre and, in many cases, becoming eyesores, raising his concerns, a Green Party councillor, Dan Boyle, who joins me. Good morning to you, Dan. Good morning, Patricia. And you're, you're welcome. Now, where are these bollards and, uh, and why were they put in place? Just explain them. Well, I think we're talking more about um, the signs, uh, polls for signs and, and the like. Um, a, a lot of the, the attention to it has come about because uh, Cork City in the last 18 months in particular, and the same is true to a lesser extent in a lot of the towns around Cork County, uh, have reconfigured the space in, in their centres. Uh, so there's a lot more pedestrianisation. Uh, there's more segregated cycleways. Uh, in Cork, we've, Cork City, we've, uh, we've developed a lot of uh, new street furniture in the form of um, parklets. Uh, and w- reconfiguring the space means that you try to uh, move the direction in which people use that space. Uh, and because there's more of a pedestrian a- 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 emphasis on that now, and that emphasis is less about moving between parked cars or trying to avoid moving traffic, uh, what people are coming across now are different forms of obstructions. Uh, they're, they're the poles uh, that have direction signs, uh, other elements of street furniture, like the proper location of bins, uh, other benches, um, some infrastructure that's put in place for telecoms and electricity, for instance. Uh, and uh, as uh, difficult as this is, is for pedestrians, it's uh, an added difficulty for, for wheelchair users, for instance. So in terms of mobility, uh, in changing how we configure the space, we have to rethink uh, how that space can be used and should be used by people uh, of all mobility needs. Uh, and that, that's the deba- debate I'm trying to provoke at the moment. Yeah, I'm thinking of, uh, in particular, wheelchair users, Indeed. people who are visually impaired. Mm-hmm. But but even even mums and dads pushing buggies must at times be, be, become troublesome for them. Well, it can, because as I say, we're pushing people in different directions with, in, in different parts of the space that's becoming available. I mean, the irony is that because there are less parked cars, because there isn't moving traffic in some of these places, there is more space. <laughs> but, Which is uh, great. Uh, but uh, you know where we put where, where we decide to put new street furniture, like for instance seating outside of of, of bars and restaurants, uh, that moves the the area available for movement to other parts of the street, and that's where we're finding the obstacles in the form of unnecessary and, and uh, some some materials that need to be moved from where they are to more more efficient locations. And you mentioned signs. Are there signs? Some of them, because there's so many now, some really don't need to be there. Well, 
like like the county at the moment, we're in the uh, final stages of our development plan that happens every five or six years. So we, we do have a more detailed uh, examination of the, the feel and the look of the city. Uh, and uh, w- one of the side projects in, in our development pr- uh, plan is a wayfinding project where, where we're looking at what signage is there, what is it there for, what, is, what, are, what are we trying to direct people to, uh, and what do we want there when, when pe- people get to where they want to get to. Uh, and uh, I, I suppose there have been various initiatives over the years where uh, these have been added on to in a higgly-piggly type of way. Uh, so there's been a, a lot of old efforts that haven't been successful but haven't been changed or removed. removed and uh, our way of dealing with it in the past hasn't been very effective. So we, we have a mismatch, a mixed match of, of, of signage, uh, and we have a lot of unnecessary signage. Uh, and we need to replace that with a more simplified uh, and less obtrusive form of signage and that's what we're hoping to do over the next years or so. Okay, you mentioned the parklets. Are you a fan of the parklets that were installed for the hospitality sector? Oh, well, they weren't installed for the hospitality sector, but... Uh, but they're helping out it, the hospitality sector. Uh, sometimes, yeah, in, in my own local area, in Turnus Cross, for instance, yes, it, it is outside the local pub, uh, and uh, they're a sponsor along with the local community association, but they're in various locations. Uh, but I, I'm a huge fan, uh, because they are public spaces, and they are using uh, the roadway in such a way that makes the roadway usage more democratic. I mean, we've had this discussion on your show before, Patricia, but... What we need to talk about in terms of how we use space is how it suits all members of society. Uh, and in the past, the planning discussion we've had has been om- almost totally focused on cars, their usage and how they should be parked, when, when the emphasis should be on people. People, how they move, whether they walk, whether they cycle, whether they use public transport, uh, and uh, where they can sit and rest, where they can congregate, uh, where they can celebrate life. Uh, and uh, we haven't got that balance right in the past. I think parklets are a good addition to trying to address that balance. Yeah, but the, the one criticism, and as you say, we have discussed it before, people saying that it's taken up parking spaces. Well, I'm not sympathetic, <laughs> you know. Because no surprise. <laughs> yes, the emphasis in the past has been on, on the parking spaces. Yeah. Uh, and the more parking spaces we create, the more traffic we encourage, the more traffic build-up there is, the less we're inclined to live a good life. Uh, I, I can never understand the logic where there is so much emphasis on trying to cater for the motor car. Now, cars are an important element of getting people around, but they're most important to people whose mobility needs are greatest. So um, I'd be very radical on this. I feel that the only parking that should be necessary is disability parking. Well, you see, it's okay because you're you're talking from a a city point of view. If you live in a rural area, that car is essential to get you from A to B. We don't have the public infrastructure that you'll have in cities. Yeah, well, in, in rural areas, there is more space available as well. Uh, you see, in the urban area, it becomes a problem because you, you get the build-up and the, and the like. Uh, but, you know, everyone has a rural background. My dad was an islander, you know, and, and we're a small country, and we, we, we live and experience life throughout the country. So the idea that there are different forms of life and people aren't aware how different people live is not an argument I accept either. What, what we need in rural areas uh, is the ability, especially in, in, in the larger towns and sometimes the villages, is an ability to park in a certain area and get around the rest of the area by other means, whether that's by bike or a minibus or walking. Uh, and, and we need to get out of what, what is a kind of a, a drug-induced uh, obsession we have with transport that we feel we have a right 
to, to move by car from A to B in every circumstances. And we don't have the space and we, we do, our means to do so causes uh, a price in other uh, situations like higher carbon and, and worse air pollution. These are choices we need to be a bit more serious about in our society. Okay. And in the meantime, you want the, the City Council to take a serious look at these bollards and the signs and see if some of them can be removed. I, I, th- I think they can. I think they, the the need is there, uh, and I think the willingness to do so is there as well. I think in the past, uh, you know, things were just left lie uh, because it was more convenient to let them be so. But uh, because we're using the space differently and we're meeting the needs of many more people in our society, we have more of an obligation to act more speedily on this. Okay. All right, Dan. We leave it there. Thank you for that, and thanks for joining us on the program. Thank you. Good morning to you. That is uh, Green Party City Councillor Dan Boyle. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 